service November 9th as our very special guest will be international preacher and communicator Elson Jones. Elson comes to us from the Dominican Republic and will be with us for one service only. Don't miss it. Hey church, it's time to sign up for our Christmas missions to Mexico. We'll be leaving December 21st and returning December 24th by noon so that you can spend Christmas Eve with your families. If you're interested in going, please sign up today. We want to wish our youth leader, Jessica Fielding, a very happy 25th birthday. We appreciate all you do for the vision and for Elevate Life and the young people of the mix. Happy birthday. So we're talking about the dark side. We've been coming uh, last kind of set aside the month of October. We have Pastor Mark here, but we've been talking about the dark side. And many people say, well, why do you want to talk about that? Is because Halloween? I've said, no, that's not necessarily why, even though, you know, as I said, we're not going to make this about outer forces, and I'm not here to talk, talk to you about witchcraft and how it's real and it exists and be careful and all that. Although all those things are true, those things do exist. I find many times that many churches talk too much about outward things uh, when it comes to evil than they do inward things. You know, I grew up in churches where they told you don't listen to secular music and don't go to movies and don't go to the mall and don't get around this because all the evil forces that are out there will come and, and start making you do bad things, okay? Some of you heard some of those things too. While there is truth in that, what Jesus said was it's not, that what, it's not what comes from outside that you need to be worried about. It's what's in your heart that you need to be worried about. So, you know, you could still, you could not listen to secular music and not go to movies and not go to ball games and stuff like that and still have a lot of darkness in your life. You could be the most, you know, what the world would call or what religious would call holy people that you do all the rules of holiness, but still be filled with so much darkness. And so that's why what the kind of darkness that I'm talking about is the darkness that we wrestle with, that you wrestle with. Okay, so we started the last couple of weeks talking about what the, 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 the gateway to darkness, darkness is, that gate place is uh, selfishness. And we looked at Satan and the fall of Lucifer and where, where darkness really came from, the father of darkness being Satan. And what was Satan's first thing that caused sin to come into, into the spirit realm and into the world was selfishness. And anytime you live a life just to please you, you're in big trouble. Anytime your life revolves around me and this humanistic thinking that if it don't feel good, don't do it. Listen, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because we have never been designed to be gods unto ourselves. So what we find in the New Testament and through the doctrine of Jesus Christ is he, we find that he teaches us another way. And the way that he teaches us is to love God with all your spirit, soul, and body, with everything you are. And the second thing is to love others, love people as yourself. And he said, in those two things, all the commandments of the Ten Commandments, all the laws of, 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 the, of the Israelites, everything hangs on those two things. If you, if you live your life to love God and lift others, you will actually fulfill the law on accident. 
without even trying. Because if you make everything about God and people and serving, then you're going to find out all the characteristics, the fruits of the Spirit, they're just going to start coming out of your life. Where most Christians are trying to follow the rules well, let me just do this, and then I'm just, oh, I'm not going to do that because that's in Ten Commandments, and it says not to lie, and I'm going to make sure I don't do these things. See, you're still missing the point. The point God is trying to get to us is this. You need to crucify self. And that's why the Bible talks about that if you're going to be a Christian, you cannot be my disciple if you don't take up your cross. And the cross represents a death to self. That's what Jesus did. He died on the cross so that the eternal purpose of God the Father can live and move. So we've talked about that already. So we've seen that the gateway to uh, 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 darkness is selfishness and that the remedy for selfishness is serving, sacrifice, and submission. All three things your flesh does not want to do. Those three things. We don't want to listen to nobody. We don't want to serve nobody because if it don't feel good, I ain't doing it. And we don't want to submit to anybody. Okay. Or we don't want to sacrifice. Excuse me. So we don't give and we don't serve all those things. These are the three things that we all need to do to make sure that we keep darkness from our lives. Can I get an amen on that? But today I want to bring up another thing that I think many Christians are confused about, and that is the spirit of rebellion, okay? And rebellion is something that runs rapid in our country today. We have such an independent spirit in our country today that rebellion is something that most people champion. They actually are proud of their rebellion. But we've got to be careful because it's the rebellion in our hearts that is the greatest enemy to the corporate blessing which we all need. The, the majority of why marriages fail is because the man and the wife can't come into agreement. And remember what we read last week in the book of Psalms, where there is unity, there's a commanded blessing. Let me say that again because y'all missed that. Where there's unity, there's a commanded blessing. Amen? This should be motivation by, for why you put down this hard attitude in your marriage that it's got to be your way or no way, okay? Because as long as you have that, you ain't never going to have unity. And if there ain't never going to have unity, there's never going to be the commanded blessing. So in dealing with anybody, there's always got to be this compromise to where it's not always going to be your way. Can I get a good strong amen on that? Amen. It's not going to be your way at your job. It's not going to always be your way in your marriage. It's not always going to be your way in the church. It's just not. Because in order to have agreement, see, we have to value agreement so much that we're willing to give on certain things that we want. Why? Because where there's unity, there's a commanded blessing. So if you really want a better marriage, you're going to have to compromise. Amen? If you really want that job promotion, you're going to have to put down some pride. And, and, and serve. Amen? So all these things apply. Now, I want to stop right here because I, I feel walls going up in the spirit. And, and, and what, what I mean by that is sometimes, you know, we brace ourselves if we feel like the word is coming right at us. Come on, somebody smile at me right now. I feel a tomato spirit. It ain't a brick spirit yet. It's a tomato spirit. And, and you know, when we feel, uh oh, he's talking about this. And we, when we already know that we got some of this in our lives, we put the spiritual wall up. 
And we already, you know, you start getting distracted and, oh, gosh, well, you know, man, well, he doesn't know my situation or this and that. Listen, let's put that down because what I feel the spirit of God wants to do is more of a fatherly thing than a condemnation thing. He's bringing he brings things up not to make you feel worse than you already do, but he brings things up so you can be free from it. Because he's he's got to show us. See, we've got to be people that understand like what Paul said. The word is a mirror. Okay, it'd be dumb to wake up in the morning, okay, straight up out of bed, and y'all know how you look in the morning, okay? It ain't flawless, amen? Let's just, you queen, you quit lying, okay, because it ain't. Amen? Can I, are we lying? Amen? It ain't flawless. It ain't. You got them laganas in your eyes, and you got those big eyeberg boogers, and, you know, you got the chapped lips because you've been sleeping with your mouth open, and... The skin's all dry, your hair's all... Not a person here is flawless when they wake up in the morning. Amen. Amen. Y'all, y'all, somebody don't want to hear the truth today. I know your husband tells you that, but he's just, he's encouraging you. Amen. That's what he's doing. I won't say he's lying. He's encouraging you. All right. But listen, so we all wake up. How foolish would it be to look in the mirror and get mad at the mirror? I don't look like that. I'm flawless. Throw a, br- throw a brush at the mirror and crack it. You know, some people do that, though, with the word of God. They don't want to believe when God shows you, ah, you got some of this in you. Ah, ah, there's a booger on your nose right there. Just, just, and what God is waiting for you to do, just flick it off. Just, just get rid of it. Come on. Hey, man, you ever, you ever been out with somebody and they finally tell you, they finally tell you, hey, man, you got something hanging right there. And you're like, I've been hanging out with these folks for two hours. And nobody told me I got a bat in the cave right there, you know? Nobody. How many of you ever experienced that? I appreciate when somebody was, hey, man, you, you got something right there, okay? Or your zipper's down or something like that. You don't get mad at that person if you're smart, amen? You, it, you, it dawns on you and go, you go, thank you. That's what I love about having a, a, a wife is because you got someone to watch your back. Amen? Amen? So guys, don't get mad when she wants to change your wardrobe. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's keep going. That's, that was free right there. Amen. Because they're watching our back. So, so listen, don't put up walls right now. We need to look at this. It's, this applies to us all because it's serious. And in our country and in our churches, we don't view rebellion as serious. And it's serious. So serious that 1 Samuel 15 says... It's the same as witchcraft, okay? It's the same. So somebody that's operating in a spirit of of rebellion is just as evil in the eyes of God as somebody that is practicing witchcraft. They're out there doing santeria or whatever. They're out there doing voodoo. Or they're out there practicing Wicca. And they're casting spells. And they're lighting candles. And they're doing all this vile stuff. The Bible says to operate in the spirit of Rebellion is the same thing. It also goes on in that verse 23 there to say that stubbornness or pride is as the same as being an idol worshiper or idolatry. And Pastor Kirk last month brought a prophetic word to this house that we all need to be careful of the spirit of Leviathan, which is pride. And pride never wants to be told anything. Okay, we have to be careful of that. So 1 Samuel says rebellion is as witchcraft, stubbornness and pride is as being an idol worshiper. 
Now, some of us would go, I'm not an idol worshiper because you would never sit down and worship, you know, an idol made of wood or stone. But the idol that you do worship is yourself, your opinion. You know, you, you're under this assumption that the way you see it is right. People, we need to watch these types of attitudes. And that is where submission Serving and sacrifice keeps these things at bay. Let's keep going. So according to the word, a rebellious attitude and evil spirit is considered the same as witchcraft. That's what the Bible defines as as uh, rebellion being. And it also talks about it in Acts chapter 16, where there was a person there operating under a spirit of witchcraft, but was doing it more on the other side of uh, uh, spells and all these things. But the Bible says it's the same thing. But it also uh, goes on if you, that's what the Bible says about it. But the dictionary, the definition of witchcraft or bewitching, I'm going to share with you what witchcraft, the definition of it means this, to control by enchantment, manipulation, spell, or enchantment. Okay? I almost, I, mm, I'm gonna get myself in trouble, but I'm gonna say it anyway, because I'm joking, but not. I almost, I almost uh, uh, entitled this message today, Help, I Married a Witch. <laughs> but you can see why I didn't. Amen? And I'm not, that doesn't just apply to a female. Because men can be witches. Amen? amen? Now I got more amens on that. Women are like, all right, cool. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Because why? Because of the definition of witchcraft is to control. One of it says by ways of manipulation. By manipulation. You know how many times we can manipulate people? Tears. Anybody ever been manipulated by your kid? Everybody should say yes right here. Everybody should say yes, except my wife and I, because my boy don't give me something. I know, I'm just being encouraging, aren't I? All our kids do it, amen? And you know what? We all did it. We all did it. We've all done it. What do we kids do when they don't get their way? What is this happening? Manipulating to get their way. Now, kids do that. They don't know any better. But when you're an adult and you still do that, it's called witchcraft. It's called witchcraft. If you're an adult and you manipulate through emotions, that's witchcraft. Another way we, man you, man we manipulate people, listen to this one, anger. Anger. Your husband says, baby, we don't have it in the budget for you to go get them shoes. <gasps> what? Oh, I hate this. What do you mean we don't? We can get it. We can just do. Baby, we really can't. We really shouldn't. We've got to do this. <gasps> I can't believe it. Well, it would be okay if you were going to a Giants game. Well, by the way, congratulations to the Giant fans out there. Congratulations. Just throw that in. Just throw that in there. It would be okay if you were doing that. And, ang and you get in a fight. Listen. Because anger comes in the situation to manipulate to get your way. So then the husband or the wife could go either way. Goes, fine then, go ahead. And you walk out the door, <laughs> got my shoes, but you manipulated to get it. You operated in a spirit of witchcraft to get your way. Are you guys catching this today? 
And so we've got to be careful for these things. You could be a mother and manipulate your kids through emotions. You know how many kids are afraid to tell mom and dad the truth? Because why? Oh, if I tell my mom that I want to move away, she's going to cry. Amen? Amen? Mom, you need to be careful. Oh, I had a nerve in here right now. Okay, we can be careful of this kind of things. We need to be careful that we're not using our emotions to manipulate. We've got to be careful. Uh, you could do that on the job. You know, your boss asks you to take on some extra things, and you're like, yeah, I'll do it. And you throw attitude. What is attitude usually? Attitude is a subtle way to manipulate. I'm not going to say no, but I'm going to throw you some attitude, so maybe you'll go, nah, nah, never mind. I'll get somebody else to do it. See, we've got to be careful of these things. Why? Because the Bible says it's witchcraft. And the dictionary considers, and the definition of witchcraft is to control by enchantment, manipulation, spell, or enchantment. So what does that mean? We usually focus on the spell and the enchantment part. But really what my title is today of this message is witchcraft in the house. Okay? Because we've got to push witchcraft out of our homes and out of our churches so that we can get a commanded blessing. And I want you to think, I want you to listen to this through, your, through the eyes of this is for, or through the, through the mindset of this is for me. Don't be saying, oh, this is for my wife. This is for my husband. This is for my kids. No, this is for us because we all, all of us, my hand included, have to be on guard against rebellion and manipulation. Okay? So, so this is what the word of God talks about. Rebellion, uh, witchcraft is these two things, all right? I want you to write this down. Witchcraft is rebellion and control. Rebellion and control. I grew up in churches where they're always talking about the witches. Be careful, mijo, the witches are out there. And, you know, they would be afraid. You know, we need to be on guard if witches come into our church service and they're trying to chant and all these things. Okay, but while we were always watching for those kind of witches, we didn't take care of the witches that were in our pews. The, the hermanos or the hermanas that were trying to manipulate the pastor to do things a certain way or to get their mijo in the praise team, even though he couldn't carry a tune to save his life. But he's mijo. He needs to be on the team. And I'm going to manipulate the pastor to get that up there or I'm going to do this. See, that's witchcraft, too. So we need to make sure that we're understanding that we need to get witchcraft out of our homes and let's bring it home out of our lives. Okay, so let's keep looking at it. All right. So let me give you some things about rebellion here from God's word. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 11. Proverbs 17, 11. It says this, an evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. What does this mean? It means that in our country today, we've been taught to champion the rebel. We sometimes celebrate the fact, well, I'm not like everybody. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with being an individual. God wants you to be an individual. But we must learn when it's important to come into agreement with people for a corporate blessing. That means you don't have to. Uh, we we got to shed this, this spirit that wants things our own way. That's really what a rebellious spirit is, rooted in selfishness, which is the gateway to darkness. So we've got to learn that on our jobs, you may not like all the rules and the regulations, 
But for the sake of unity and for the sake of keeping witchcraft out of your life, you function in a place of agreement. Amen? You function in that. You function like that in your home, in your marriage, in your church. Why? Because the proverb says here, only an evil man seeks rebellion. But I'm not going to do it that way. I don't care what the pastor says. I don't care what my boss says. He ain't my daddy. Well, he ain't trying to be your daddy. He's trying to get a job done for the sake of vision, whether your company's vision is, you know, uh, uh, selling groceries or, or community, whatever it is, get in agreement with that thing. I like what the Message Bible says in Proverbs 17, 11. It says it like this. Evildoers foster rebellion against God. The messenger of death, listen, will be sent against them. You know what that means? That means when you have a rebellious spirit, you can write this down. When you have a rebellious spirit, it invites demonic activity. It says it right there in Proverbs. So we have to shed this attitude where I don't need nobody. I don't want no one telling me what to do. We've got to be careful of that stuff because it invites evil into our lives. So what rebellious does. So why are we preaching a word like this on a Sunday morning? It's because I want you guys free from these things in your homes. We've got to learn submission. Wives, we've got to learn submission to our husbands. The Bible calls the man the head of the home. But in turn, the man is also commanded in the book of Ephesians to submit to your wife. But there is an order. So you don't get to just walk around. I'm the head of my home. Ain't nobody going to tell me. Listen, you need to listen to your wife. Got no amens but Cheeto. And that was kind of late, bro, but I'm going to give you credit. I'm going to give you credit. I'm going to give you credit. I'll give you credit on that one anyway. You know, we, we, we don't get to do that. I know that might be your culture or where you were raised. Or that's how my daddy was. But listen, daddy don't trump God's word. Men, we have to, if we're going to be the head, you know what the head means? The greatest servant. The greatest man in the kingdom is a servant. The Lord is observant. Come on, he's, God, don't get me rhyming up in here. <laughs> the greatest man in the kingdom is servant. So when you're the head of something, guess what? You're the greatest servant of it, okay? As pastors of this church, we don't just sit back, you know, and let everybody doing things. And yeah, we come in on Sunday, everybody else is setting up. There would be some ignorant people would say, well, why isn't the pastor here helping set up the curtains? I got to bring the word, fool. <laughs> and if you think there ain't no serving involved in preparing a word on Sundays, you need to think again. There's hours and prayer and study and things that go into this thing. But, you know, we got to play our role. We don't sit back and just let everybody lead. We are, if I'm a pastor, I serve the most. And I'm good with that. If I'm a head of my home, I serve the most. Amen? Amen? That doesn't mean I clean the most. Come on, somebody. I got a good amen from my wife right there. But I play my role. Amen? And you got to play your role. In the words of The Rock, know your role. Amen. For all you WWE fans out there. Amen. So anyways, a rebellious spirit means this. Number one, it invites demonic activity into your life. People that don't pay to be rebellious, get that out of your life. Amen. Uh, uh, let's go. Number two, a rebellious spirit dries up the wells of blessing, thus hindering growth and progress. A rebellious spirit dries up the wells of blessing, 
hindering growth and progress. Look at Psalm 68, verse 6. It says this, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Okay? You know what that means? That the result of being rebellious or being somebody of an independent spirit means that the wells that were meant for you to be blessed by will dry up, will dry up. Did you know when Jesus saved you, what he also did is he provided for you. So 10 years down the road of the journey of your life, you should always know that God has provision for this. Whenever I hit a rough spot, I start thinking, you know what, God, this is, God's not caught by surprise. He saved me. He has provision for this. I got to wait for it. I got to look for it. I got to believe for it. But he's never caught off guard. But a rebellious person will find themselves in situations where there is no relief. There is no blessing. What is supposed to be there is not there. Why? Because of their rebellious spirit. That's what Psalms is saying here. See, what, what Psalms is saying, God has answers for these things. If you're alone, he puts you in a family. If you're bound, he brings you in the prosperity. But if you're rebellious, in the words of Flavor Flav, I can't do nothing for you, man. I can't do nothing for you, man. I'm sorry. I'm just too hood this morning. I don't know. Quoting Flavor Flav in my message. Praise God. But listen, it's true. A rebellious spirit shuts it off. The, the wells, there's nothing there. Guys, are you catching this? See, this is why we ain't got time to blame. Oh, they need to hear this. Oh, they need to hear this. No, this is a good time to go, wow, God, if this is in me, take it out. This is in me. I repent. And if it is in there, recognize it because you got to see it before you can repent of it. Amen? Own it so that you can get rid of it. Amen? Let's keep going. Uh, number three, another thing about a rebellious spirit. Rebellious spirit causes you to be at odds with God causes you to be at odds with God. It's like the old, old timers used to say, your arms are too short to box with God. But that don't mean people don't try. Fighting God on everything. Look at, look at what it says in uh, Psalm 78, verse 8. And might not be as their father, and do not be as your fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast, with God, with God. See, just because you go to church don't mean you're with God. Because I know plenty of churchgoers that are hecka rebellious. And they go to church every Sunday. And they've been in church 30 years, hecka rebellious, you know. It, it, it happens. It's there. But a, a rebellious spirit will, will, will cause you to be at odds with God. So all the while you're going to church, you're never doing the will of God in your life. That's a sad place to be. Why would you want to be at odds with the God that loves you? Remember, he's trying, according to John uh, chapter, uh, 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 John 10, 10, he's trying to lavish you with goodness. Lavish you with goodness. That's how much he loves you. But because of rebellion, we set ourselves against him. And we just think, well, that's just the way I am. Well, you need to change because we're all really like that. It's through teaching and training of our soul that we learn not to be like that. 
Okay, so rebellious spirit causes spiritual uh, or causes you to be at odds with God. All right, you can't be right with God being rebellious. Amen. Now here's the key though, because I, I got some of you like, yeah, that's good, that's good. But how do we demonstrate submission to God? We demonstrate submission to God by how we submit to His authority. And who are His authority in the earth? His leaders. The Bible says all authority comes from God. So you can't say you're submitted to God when you badmouth your boss. You can't say you're submitted to God and you don't obey your mom and dad. You can't say you're submitted to God and you're not submitted to your pastors and leaders. You can't say it. It's not working. It's not happening. Because God works through men. And women. And the only way you can gauge if you're submitted to him is through your attitude and your actions towards those in authority. Amen? I've got a lot less amens, but that's okay because this is a real word. Because we get hurt by people in authority. And then we say things like, I'll never submit to another man again. Some of us that have been left by a father, a mother, uh, uh, and been hurt by that, it, it, that thing gets in you. And any time you see somebody in authority, you have a hard time submitting. I get that, but it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. It simply means you got to focus in on that thing and get it out of your life. Because here's the biggest deception. You think you can live like that, resist authority, and then think that you're going to have authority? Ain't going to happen, bub. Ain't going to happen. And why should you care? Because you have sons and daughters. And you're going to want them to listen to you. And when they don't, you'll call me. Pastor, pray for my son. He's heck of rebellious. He don't listen to us. He's out doing this, that, and the other. And I'll pray for you. But what, would it, what set it in motion is your own attitude. Remember, the Bible talks very clearly about sowing and reaping. How you feel about leaders is how people under you will feel about you. So when you have a son and a daughter and they don't listen, could be because of what's in your heart. I used to witness this with my grandparents. You know, I'd go to the churches and, you know, they thought because I wasn't fluent in Spanish that I didn't understand Spanish. <laughs> so you know how we do. Uh, we talk about people in another language. Come on. Amen. If you know you're around people that don't speak Spanish, you know how you do. Amen? Come on. But you're in trouble because some of us that may not speak it fluently, we understand it fully. You know, because of getting around people, you pick up stuff. And you know what? English speakers, Mexicans are like that too. Some of them, they, 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 some of them just play like they don't understand. <laughs> they understand everything, Jack. So here's how you're safe. Just don't talk about nobody. So we would go to church and, you know, visit my grandma's church and stuff. And I would hear the gossip about me and my brothers because we, we weren't really serving God. Me and my cousins and things, we would hear. I would hear it. And I would hear them talk, ah, those are the grandsons. Look at, so rebellious. Or they'd say whatever. Look how they're dressed. And I hear it, you know. And what I always would remember, I'd always remember this. I would see those people's kids at my school. And they were worse than I was. They were, they were three times worse than I was. 
but they had no clue why, why were their kids not serving God is because of how they viewed authority. They had no authority in their kids' lives. Are you guys tracking with me? This is a poison. This is a poison that is destroying our families. Because as Jesus, uh, as, as in the story of the centurion, when he said, you know, can you come to my house? He, Jesus said, you know, I'll go. He goes, no, you don't need to go. Just speak the word because I'm a man under authority. Therefore, I have authority. When you're under authority, you have authority. When you're anti-authority, guess what you don't have in your life? Authority. And I feel bad for your children because your children will grow up just like you, not trusting men, not trusting authority, not trusting leaders. And the result of that will be prison, sometimes death, sometimes those things. I see it. You see it all the time. And this is why even as good church people, we've got to get rid of the excuses for our rebellion. Well, you know, I went to church and I used to have a pastor and he took advantage of me. I'm sorry, but you got to get free from that. Because, because of what he did, you can't penalize all leaders. Because if you do, you are removing yourself from being undercovering. And without authority, you have no authority. So you keep talking about your boss at work. And I'll tell you what, you better pray you never become the boss. Because if you do somehow become the boss with all the stuff you've been talking about your current boss, you have no authority. So you will come and your workers will disrespect you. Production in your company will go way down. And they'll go, what happened? Well, we put him as the boss, but now nobody's producing. You want to know why? Because that boss has no authority. And it has nothing to do with how much he knows. It has everything to do with the spirit he carries. Guys, you've got to catch what the spirit of God is saying. We've got to loose ourselves from a rebellious spirit. Amen? We don't want to be at odds with God. Okay, let's, let's keep going here. Ezekiel chapter 12, 1 through 2. I want to read this one to you now. It says this, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, listen, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but does not see, ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Number four here is what we're talking about. A rebellious spirit causes spiritual blindness and deafness to the voice of God. Spiritual blindness and deafness to the spirit of God. So even though you go to church, you don't hear God. Even though you go to church, you can't see God working. You're blind. Yeah, you can't see. You need to wear some glasses like DMC. I don't know why I'm on this kick today. Remember that song, you're blind, but you can't see. I'm going too far back. Yeah, Ren DMC put out a song, you're blind. That's what I'm talking about here, okay? You're blind. What causes people to be blind? Rebellion. You can't see... The very people that are trying to help you, you're mad at all the time. I see this with teenagers. Your mom and dad love you. Love you. Everything they do is for you, but you can't see it. You think they're just getting on your case. They leave me alone. They're telling you to get good grades because they don't want you being homeless. Right. <laughs> Be all stinky living on a curb somewhere. So they're telling you, Mijo, study. Turn off the TV. And you're just like, I don't care. Can't do nothing. <laughs> no, you know what it is? You're rebellious. And you're blind to the things your mom and dad is trying to tell you to do. Amen? Amen. But some of us as adults are like that. 
You got a loving people, your friends. Hey, don't be hanging out with them. You ain't the boss of me. Stop doing that. Don't tell me what to do. You can't see that the people that love you are trying to help you. How many know what I'm talking about here? Trying to help you. So, so somebody comes into your life. And we get in trouble with this as leaders all the time. We get in trouble with this all the time. But this is part of the cross that we have to carry. Because people want a pastor until the pastor has to pastor them. And then when the pastor pastors them, they want to, they want to cry out foul. And they want to cry out, judging, judging, you're judging me. <laughs> Did you, do you have that picture, Chris? Were you able to pull that up? Pull, pull this picture. I found this online. This was at Chris Valaton's uh, Facebook page. And I thought this was funny. Uh, it says this on the caption. You can't see it here, but it says this, how most people read the Bible. <laughs> they read it not, doesn't matter what everything else says. All they see is judge, judge not, judge not. And this is people's like penalty flag. It's like the whistle blow. Okay. As soon as you're getting too close to what really matters, judging, foul, foul, judging, time out, judging. You're judging me. You don't love me. You have no love of Jesus inside of you. You are therefore judging me and I'm leaving you. This is true. We deal with it. It's part of the cross that we have to bear. And it hurts because it's like, wow, really just trying to help them keep them from falling in a ditch. But now they're going on social media or Facebook or something talking about Elevate Life Church and how the pastors are judging everybody for their sin. If you've been here half a service, you know that is not the spirit of this church. Not even a whole service, half a service, and you will know that we love everybody. We love everybody. But the problem is when we begin to touch an area where rebellion lies, and because we're, a rebellious person is blind and deaf to the voice of the Lord, they want to cry, judge, foul, stop. No, listen, you've got to stop sometimes. When, every, when you think everybody's wrong, that's a good indication that everybody ain't wrong, baby. You're wrong. Amen? Sometimes you just need to take a drive, take a walk, and just, okay, I'm, count the people you're mad at. It's always a good thing. Count the people you're upset with. Well, I'm mad at my pastor. I'm mad at my mom. I'm mad at the guys in my discipleship group. And then sit back and go, what do they all have in common? Well, they love me, for one. But I still, I did, they shouldn't have did that. What else do they have in common? Well, they want me to serve God strong. But still, they shouldn't. Have. See, you got to take inventory at times. And if everybody that you're mad at are people that love you, then they're not wrong. You're wrong. It's a hard thing, people. If everybody's telling you that, adapt, understand, receive. And understand this. Maybe I'm being blind by a rebellious spirit. Amen? Maybe you need to start listening to your husband. That's a revelation for some of us right there. Amen? I'm going to let that Selah on you. Let that marinate. Maybe you need to start listening to your husband. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, yeah, but, 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 but. Maybe you need to start listening to your husband. All right, let me flip it now. Maybe you need to start listening to your wife. <laughs> Women, why y'all got to be like that, see? Amen, yeah. Girls got a hood on me. Amen, pastor. 
throwing up signs in the back. Yeah, yeah. Listen to your wife. Uh. The guys didn't do that. Did you notice that? The guys did not do that. Oh, only David? They, they busted you out. Oh, P-Ray did. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> well, P-Ray's a rapper, so that's how he does. You know, I was joking. But for reals, listen, maybe we can't see what our wives are saying or our husbands are saying because we're blind. Be careful of a rebellious spirit. Let me keep going. Are you guys getting something today? All right, let's keep going before I get myself in trouble here. So, so understand this. Ezekiel says that a rebellious person has eyes to see but does not see, ears to hear but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house, okay? In the above verse, it's important to notice how it emphasizes that a rebellious house has eyes, but they don't work. A rebellious person uh, allows the God of this world, Satan, who works through a network of demons to blind our spiritual eyes. And when our spiritual eyesight is blinded, listen, our discernment suffers greatly. This is a dangerous position for anybody to be in, okay? Because when a person loses their sight, how do they, how do they move and operate? When you can't see, you begin to walk by what you feel. Amen? If I close my eyes, how am I going to get around? God never designed us to walk by how we feel. He wants us to walk by faith, not by sight. But people that are rebellious and blind, they only move by what feels good. That's a dangerous place to be in. Because some of the best things for us don't feel good. Some days you wake up and it does not feel good to be married. Yeah, don't amen. Don't get in trouble. But let's get real talk. It just don't. It don't. Some days. Amen? Don't amen me, Master. I don't even give me that. But it's true. It's true. Some days. Some days it don't feel good to be a mom or a dad. It just don't. Some days it don't feel good to serve God. It don't feel good. There are some days I get up, I can't wait to see y'all. But there are some days where it's like, man... Gotta go deal with these folk. No, 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 no. But it's like that for you too. There's some days Eddie Cobb can't wait here to set up these curtains. There are other days he wishes he could get somebody else to do it. Or vice versa, or ESCO, or the praise team, or whatever. But why do we do it? Because we don't live, how, walk by how we feel. Because we got sight. But when you lose sight, I, I can't get some, some people in this place, can't get them to do nothing. Hey, we need help. <laughs> Get on out of here. Because they've not learned how to do things that don't feel good because they can't see. Amen? This is a problem for single people. It's a problem. Problem for single people because they want to live by how they feel. And it feels good when somebody likes you. Come on. Feels good. Ooh, he's he, he checking me out. Ooh, hey. Yeah. Feels good, but we don't walk by how we feel because he is a knucklehead, jobless knucklehead. But it feels good. They don't look at everything. Come on. They don't look at he's had five women in the last year. They don't look at, you know, what mom is telling you or dad is telling you. They don't look at all that because they're going by how they feel. And it feels like God because God wants me happy, 
So I'm going to go with this. Fool, that's a podium. You can't date a podium. <laughs> you see, are you guys tracking with this? So rebellion turns you into a person that doesn't discern or listen or see goes by feeling. And you will you'll feel yourself all the way to hell. Amen? You'll be a feeling fool going down a path of destruction. Because there are some things, Jack, God calls you to do that don't feel good. And they bear the greatest reward. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Let me keep going so I can get you out of here to the buffet. All right. <laughs> Somebody said, what buffet? Where, 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 we going somewhere? No. <laughs> I didn't sign up. No. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. All right. 2 Corinthians. Somebody got excited in here. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Uh, go, to, go to 2 Corinthians. Do you have that one there? Maybe you don't have it. Okay, let me read this to you, uh, what it says about being blinded. It says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, listen, should not shine on them. So the New Testament says it like this. You could be so deceived by the spirit of this world, by rebellion, that the light of God doesn't even shine on. You know what the light of God is? The light of God is his knowledge, his revelation, his discernment, him speaking to you. You won't even shine on you. All right, let's go to the next thing here, number five. Rebell a rebellious spirit causes you to listen to the wrong people. Isaiah chapter 30, you could put that up there now. It says this, woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, they take counsel, but not of me. They're listening to people, but not the right people. Okay, and who devise plans, but not my spirit that they may add sin to sin, okay? A rebellious spirit will cause you to listen to the wrong people, okay? And the wrong people are always out there. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful because the wrong people, and sometimes the wrong people are in our family, okay? That's why you gotta do inventory. Check fruit. Be a produce checker, amen? Check some fruit out. Who's talking to me right now? Ain't got no man, and the last three men they had were beating them, yet they're trying to tell me the man I'm with is a good man. Should I listen to their judgment? No. Because your fruit stinketh. Just to get all King James on you right there. Why am I going to listen to you? But the people I should listen to, I don't want to listen to. You know? We, we go all, they're just judging me. No. Care about you. Care about you. And a rebellious person will always listen to the wrong people. That is why we're trying to raise them a people that are right people at Elevate Life Church. And I tell you this before. Carry water, not gasoline. Don't be the guy at the office that is always there. Hey, he shouldn't have talked to you like that. That was jacked up. You didn't deserve that. You know those people. The instigators. The orators of the town. The worst when ye converse, just big mouth clowns. That's what they are. They're just big mouth clowns trying to get you to perform for them. I'm going to get him all stirred up so he'll go in there and yell at the boss and make my day exciting. So you walk out of the, hey, did he, did he, you didn't get that promotion? That's jacked up. Hey, you remember those kids in grade school? They would do that all Grown-ups still do that kind of stuff. Your Theo does that. Your Thea can be the one that does that. 
We aren't like that at Elevate Life Church. Amen? We want to be people that carry the water. So you see somebody come out of the office and don't throw gasoline and get them all on fired up so you could see a good show. You go over them and say, hey, don't even trip. God's got you. God's got you. Let's pray for him. Let's pray for that boss. Amen? And you know what that'll make that person be? They'll be like, you're right. I'm not even going to trip. I'm going to have a good day. No fire where there's no gasoline. Man, if we could raise up a church of you guys that get this, we'll change this community. Because we got too many people going off on other people on the line at Walmart. Too many. Over a dime. I was in there not too long ago, saw somebody, hey, you, hey, it was 90 cents. Why are you going to do me like that? I said, why are you disrespect? Give me my dime. I said, why are you kidding me? For real? I wanted to get a dollar out and throw it at him, but I had no cash. I felt like saying, here, fool, take a dollar. Just get out of here. But we got too many people that are like that. We need people that are people that are going out there and carrying the water. Amen? Amen. So, again, rebellious spirit causes you to listen to the wrong people. Don't listen to those people. Don't listen to those people. Listen to the right people. Number six, a rebellious spirit will cause you to devise ungodly plans that lead to sinful ways. It says there in Isaiah 30 again, woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, who devise plans but not of my spirit, so that they may add sin to their sin. Rebellious people will devise ungodly plans that lead to sinful ways. And then when people come and say, hey, man, why are you doing that? They get mad. They get upset. You know, we, you're going to be a godly friend or a mom and dad. We've got to learn to be, uh, we've got to learn to be strong and speak the truth in love. In love is the key. But we've got to learn how to love people the right direction. And a rebellious person, man, they're making plans. I'm going to do this. I'm and never even praying about it. And if anybody ever comes and says something different than what they're planning, they get all upset. Guys, it leads to destruction. Okay, let's keep going here. So I'm going to read you here from verse 2, Isaiah 30, verse 2. It says this, they walk down to Egypt and have not asked my advice. They strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame. They trust in the shadow of Egypt. This shall be your humiliation. You know what this means? It means number seven, a rebellious spirit causes you to trust in yourself rather than trusting in God. A rebellious spirit causes you to trust in yourself rather than trusting in God. I want you to remember something this morning. Every person needs a safeguard against themselves. Everybody. I need it. I have it. I need a safeguard in my, against myself because I can't see everything. My perspective is limited. That's why I have pastor. That's why I have a pastor. You know, that's why I have my wife. That's why we have different people that, we, that speak into us. Why? Because I need protection against myself. Okay? I don't do anything without getting counsel, anything major. I'm not talking about by cereal or something. I'm talking, about, I'm, I'm talking about anything major with our lives. My wife and I don't make a move without seeking counsel. Why? Because we protect ourselves against ourselves. Every wise person needs to have that. That's why I'm always concerned with married couples that don't want counsel. Always concerned. Always. Because you ain't, you, you ain't going to make it without counsel. Everybody needs a third party. And if you're this captain privacy, you got to ask yourself why. 
What are you afraid of? Well, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. Because you're still on the throne of your heart. Get off the throne, put Jesus there, and you will welcome counsel. Because you'll see counsel protects me from the greatest enemy I have. It's not Satan. It's you. It's me. My greatest enemy is Sergio Lamone. Your greatest enemy is, go ahead, say your name out loud. Your greatest enemy is? <laughs> Amen, it's true. It's true. So as long as you're the only one making your decisions, as long as you're the only one doing the things because they feel good, man, you're in trouble. Because that's not how the kingdom of God works. Is this helping anybody today? And by helping, I mean, will you change some things in your life today? I know I'm speaking to every single one of us has to change something today. This is not the Sunday you walk out of here and go, oh, that was cool. Bye. I'm going to go catch the Raider game or the Niner game. Yeah, it ain't that Sunday, but this is the Sunday where you leave here and go, man, I got I to I look at some stuff. I, gotta, I, gotta, I really got to protect myself from this rebellious spirit. Let me get you out of here, okay? All right, so let, let me finish with this. So rebellious, a rebellious spirit causes you to trust in yourself rather than God, all right? Let me finish that verse here. It says this, that this is a rebellious people. Listen, lying children, children who will not hear the law of the Lord. Verse 10, I want you to catch this. And I'm, I'm closing with this. You can help me on the keys there, Eddie. Uh, and it says this, so who say to their seers or their prophets, their leaders, don't see. And they say to the prophets, don't prophesy to us the right things. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceitful things. Get out of my way. Turn aside from the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. A rebellious spirit causes you to despise the word of the Lord, causes you to despise instruction and correction. What Isaiah says here is it turns people into people that only want to hear a portion of God's word and not the whole counsel of it. That's a sad place to be. I'm embarrassed as a pastor that there are some church growth seminars that pastors go to and they literally teach us stay away from some of those messages people won't go to your church if you want to grow your church smile and speak the nice things Isaiah says that's a good way listen that's a good way to get a church full of rebellious people and you know what's happening they're coming church is full of rebellious people where 10% of the people do 100% of the work. Churches full of rebellious people where if they don't like it, they're going to split the church and go start their own down the way. We can't have that here, y'all. Somebody's got to stand up for righteousness. Somebody's got to say, I want the full counsel of God even when it hurts. Somebody's got to say, I know I need to work on me and I'll do it. Somebody has got to love God's word to the place where we elevate him above our comfort, above affecting how we feel, and living for the righteousness and the right thing. Let me leave you with this. Rebels 
If you say these things, you got to get free from a rebellious spirit. I hate being told what to do. If that comes out of your mouth, or comes through your thoughts, you got to deal with that rebellious spirit. Nobody tells me what I'm going to do with my life. That's a rebellious spirit. I do what I want to do. That's a rebellious spirit. You can live in the kingdom of darkness like that. But these thoughts and this thinking will put you at odds with the God that is waiting to lavish goodness on your life. Rebellious people fight against authority. They don't seek counsel. They resist godly unity, and they call it a strength. You know, I see it. We're going to have an outreach. It's going to be this day. Somebody leans over. Why we got to do that again? Why can't we do this? We did that last year. Muzzle that thing for the sake of a greater cause. Amen? Resist godly unity. Rebellious people can't control their tongues. Stay away from gossip. Carry that bucket of water rather than fire or gasoline. Rebellious people stir up strife. Do you know in a marriage you could be the cause of stirring up the strife? Why are you always upset? Let's keep going. Rebellious people always have a reason for resisting authority. Rebels don't understand respect and honor. And rebellious people resist the big three. Submission, serving, and sacrifice. Those three things, guys, if we can get those in our lives, our marriages will change, our lives will change, our job situations will change. These three things are our greatest weapons against darkness. And here's the problem, though. Some of us don't do any of them. Don't do any of them. We only serve when it feels good. We only submit when it benefits us. And we almost never sacrifice. Let's stand on our feet this morning. Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment and just let the Spirit of God just speak to you. We all need to change and adjust areas of our lives to keep rebellion out. There's not a single one of us, myself included, that is exempt from operating in witchcraft. When I rebel against God, when I rebel against my pastor and things that he tells me, I'm just as susceptible as you are. But what I want you to close your eyes and do right now is I want the Spirit of God maybe to show you how witchcraft through rebellion is destroying your marriage, how it's limiting you on your job. And be honest with yourself, because here's the beautiful thing. The way out is simply repentance. It's simply saying, God, I'm guilty, but I don't want to be anymore. See, pride will resist. No, no, that's not me. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to hear you right now, Pastor. Just let us out. Let us out. No, no, no. Wait a minute. If it's there, don't, don't let pride try to lie to you. Face it. And just say, God, get this out of me. I'm sorry. I repent. I turn from it. 
don't feel led to call anybody forward on this Sunday and, and do anything like this because this is a condition of your heart. And the fruit of this decision in this service, you're going to begin to see in the weeks, months, and years to come. But this is a defining moment for some of us in here that have grown up ripping our leaders to shreds, criticizing our bosses. It's got to stop. Your children will pay the price for that rebellious spirit. And today we shut it off. Now, Father God, I just speak over this congregation right now that you would deal with our hearts, our hearts towards our husbands, towards our wives, our hearts towards our bosses, our pastors, our leaders, and change our hard hearts for soft ones. Remove witchcraft from our houses. Remove witchcraft from our marriages and our church and let us become one and think as one that the commanded blessing of unity would come into our lives one of us puts a thousand to flight two puts ten and so forth and so on what we can't do on our own Lord God you can do through the prayer of agreement and the power of agreement this morning as we leave Father we repent and we ask you to change our hearts right now. Forgive us for our rebellious attitudes. Forgive us for our selfish ways. And teach us, Lord God, what a life of servanthood, submission, and sacrifice looks like through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Y'all feel that in the room this morning? I feel that real strong. I feel that. Let's just wait on, wait a moment. I really sense his presence here. God, God, God. Lord, teach us to impart the right thing into our children, Lord God. Restore, there it is, restore our own authority. So many of us in this room have taken ourselves out of authority by the works of our rebellion. Restore it back to us now, Lord God, that when we speak, our children will listen, that when we lead, people will follow. Remove the rebellion and restore the authority. Let these folks have authority that when they speak, things change. That when they speak, power is released. And in that, we speak to our building in the name of Jesus, that it would come into our possession. And we thank you in advance. And bless every marriage. Bless every person this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. If you need prayer for anything, my wife and I and some of the team will be up here to pray with you. If you just want to come into agreement over something, we'll be here. If not.